2020 already has to be the weirdest year ever. By far, hands down, the weirdest year ever. Somehow, headline after headline doesn't cease to amaze me. We had Trump basically killing one of the head war chiefs in Iran, basically starting World War III. We had Kobe Bryant, the legend, dying. We had the COVID virus literally stop and shut down the world. We had Takashi 69, the guy who was supposed to go to jail for 69 years straight, come out and create number one records instantly. And all of a sudden, we have Tory Lanes in the news for gun charges and possibly shooting Meg the Stallion in her feet? I'm sorry, but this headline has to be one of the craziest stories I've ever heard in my life. Never in my history of time. I like I can't even put to words how crazy the story is. Like look looking at the story, and if you haven't been keeping up, basically what happened, there's there was a night everyone saw Meg the Stallion, the female rapper, you know, I'm a savage. Bougie Badage. I, I don't know the song. But Meg the Stallion, the six-foot gazelle woman with the booty bigger than New York City. Uh, she was seen in a, I think it was a Snapchat or an Instagram story with Kylie Jenner and Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez, of course, rumored to be dating Meg the Stallion at the time. Very, very, very low-key rumor, but it was a rumor going around. And all of a sudden, on that same night, they were spotted with Kylie Jenner. It was reported that they were found with guns in their car. Um, Tory Lanez was charged and Meg the Stallion was shot in both feet. Uh, what? So then, of course, with all these little segments of news coming out, it was basically, you know, it didn't take a genius to start putting out there the rumors that maybe Tory Lanez shot Meg the Stallion. And then this week, out of almost nowhere, Mega Stallion finally comes out and says, yes, Tory Lanez shot her. And it's just having a bunch of people scratch their heads. A bunch of people say, wait, what, what's going on? And a bunch of people are pretty much confused. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of implications and ways to take the story. Uh, I think what got me really interested in this, in this whole shenanigans that's going on is that the culture of rap has always been an interesting space to see how sort of it's on the cutting edge of like the economic rules of what's going on in our society you know um it's always on the cutting edge of it right you know we have normal investing where it's like you know you want to save your money and you want to invest in profitable you know cash flow generating assets that pay over the future like real estate or stocks but the rules in of rap have more necessarily been kind of breaking that you know rappers are notoriously to spend their money on like just the dumbest things, whether it's like change this, like, you know, getting your iced out jewelry, you know, getting weird cartoon iced out jewelry that costs 50,000 or 100,000, basically wearing mortgages on their necks. Every watch needs to be bejeweled, if that's a word, and embroidered with you know, all the t- 
top jewelry and you know they're just always spending their money on the craziest trips the craziest parties the craziest clothes and that's their lifestyle even when they don't even necessarily have the money you know it's very famous in the rap industry that they these um you know record labels will give them these huge loans that the rappers never have a rappers never have a chance of ever paying back it, it's it's just something that's known to happen in the industry and what's so interesting is that rappers during the cancel culture basically have been one of the few last genres left of people who just don't get canceled like you think about all of the things that have been happening like most of these rappers nowadays literally have like one of the gruesome war story backgrounds um and for some reason it just propels them to fame you know back in the day when we saw chris brown hit rihanna we wanted to cancel chris brown but all of a sudden um notably one of my favorite rappers xxx tentacion literally comes out out of having this crazy story of like him hitting his girl and all his fans just kind of bat an eye at it you know r.i.p triple x tentacion you know, we have 6 9 with his, you know, alleged, you know, sort of pedophilia case where when he was around 19, 20, he was, um, you know, there was a girl who was doing very sexually suggestive things in the same area as him. And he basically got, you know, basically had a case on him for that. We have King Vaughn, of course, Little Dirk, the Chirac savages who basically have all these a pending gun charges that they have on them literally to this day and we basically forgive rappers and for the things that normal humans could ever get away from but the one rule of rap has always been no snitching snitches get stitches and it's this sort of polarity this sort of conflicting ideas within rap that really makes this story of of meg the stallion tory lanes so super interesting because historically if you told me a guy rapper if there was even like a 10 20 30 percent chance that he shot one of the hottest female artists in the game I would say it's over for his career, like over, game over, chest, king, set, match. I can't think of anything. End zone pass. I don't know. Over for his career. In an era where rape allegations destroy careers, I think there is a chance that Tory Lanez comes out of this with a career after just seeing this this whole story um you know envelop and i think you know because rap is such an you know a big proponent of exportation of uh, american culture where they export america's culture through the world i think what we're going to see through this rap um case unfold is it's going to send like shock waves through culture you know so the, the biggest thing, reason that I think that T- Tory Lanez comes out of this whole allegation of taking two shots at Megan the Stallion's feet, the biggest reason he's going to come out of this basically unscathed is this. Takashi 6ix9ine. Takashi 6ix9ine made the whole music world really put a mirror to its face. 
one of the first times ever, you know, this whole snitch culture of not working with the police, of not getting involved with the police, not answering their questions and never snitching on your homies. There is a lot of gaping inconsistencies and gray areas with this. I mean, the first the first obvious, you know, um, gaping areas to me is this. If you look at every other gangster movie out there, there is always police on their payroll. Like every Italian mob movie ever. Right. And that was the boss move to make, because if you wanted to move drugs, if you wanted to do things, you needed someone on the payroll. If you look at the Mexican cartels, basically half the police force is bought out by these Mexican cartels. So you're telling me that in the rap society, nobody's working with the police at all. The police are completely unaware of what's going on. There's no like, come on, let's be real. Once you get high enough in the organization, like there is some sort of collaborations going on. It's, it's just a have to be thing. Like the police are completely unaware of who the kingpins are. Like I would imagine there's some political maneuvering going on in there. Another thing is with snitching is people were so ready to cancel six, nine that they didn't want to hear any nuances of his case. They said, Hey, you were doing crime. You snitched on the people. Now you guys got to go to jail together and do the time together. But if you listen to six, nine story, the people he was working with were super violating him. Like there's a story of him getting kidnapped by the literal people at gunpoint. I'm sorry if they're kidnapping you at gunpoint in your own gang. Like, come on. There's a story of on wire that they showed to six, nine of his gang planning to kill him. There's rumors going around with his gang members, people that he was in the game with, literally sleeping with his baby mother. Like, like, what is the difference here of 6 9 being considered a snitch when literally the people he was with were planning to kill him? And then all of a sudden, Meg the Stallion situation where she essentially snitched on, you know, Tory Lanez, you know, as a gangster, as a as, as someone who represents the street code or the street ethics, you can't claim to call 6ix9ine a snitch and not call Meg the Stallion snitch. Now, I know what you're going to say, of course, Meg the Stallion is not in the gang. Well, was 6ix9ine really a gang member? You know, was he really a gang member? Calling 6ix9ine a gang member is like calling Chris Brown a member of the Bloods because he's affiliated with him. Of course, you, they all represent the blood set and the blood everything, but they're not, and they didn't grow within the blood circle. You know, 6ix9ine joined the Bloods as a rapper, essentially, as someone on affiliates with affiliated, sorry, 6ix9ine joined the, six, was it, Treyway gang? as affiliated with them. He, he wasn't grown within there. He wasn't like slinging rocks within the gang when he was younger. You know, these weren't people that he grew up with. He joined them on the outside. He's, he's basically like a contractor, you know, a contracted player on their team. So with Meg the Stallion having a bunch of bars that are pretty aggressive bars about, you know, she has one line that goes like, um, I don't know, I beat you up 
beat this guy up on girls night or something like that like she has pretty aggressive bars he's most famous for a song called literally savage um it's hard in this era era to completely vindicate meg the stallion of snitching if she goes out and says exactly tori lane shot me it's hard to vindicate her of her of the title snitch if you are still going to call six nine a snitch and that is one of the big hypocrisies that is keeping kind of tori lane's career life open and the main reason is this when meg the stallion got shot she couldn't directly come out and say that tori lane's did it she couldn't directly the next day come out and say that he did it because she was so afraid of being called a snitch. And that week and time delay of her not saying the exact story that came out allowed so many people to speculate on what really happened in the story that right now Tory Lanez is looking way more favorably than he should ever have been. Look, listening to all the pieces, what really looks to have happened that night so far that we can tell is that somehow Tory Lanez, when Meg Thee Stallion was leaving the car, she, they, they were with four people in general, Meg Thee Stallion's friend, Tory's security guard, all four of them in the car. Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez were arguing over something. Meg Thee Stallion left the car. Tory Lanez fired the gun at the floor, and it looks like the, the shrapnel similar to a grenade, the chaperone just hit the floor, exploded, and then hit Meg Thee Stallion's feet. That's what it looks like happened. After that, it looks like Meg Thee Stallion, because her feet was hurt, she had to get back in the car, and it looks like they were going to a hospital. And then, of course, gunshot went off, so the police got involved. And when the police came, Meg Thee Stallion didn't want to rat Tory Lanez out, so she just went to the hospital and said she stepped on glass. That looks to be the story. What caused Tory Lanez to fire that shot? We have no idea. Rumors are that Tory Lanez is telling people he's so blackout drunk he don't know he doesn't know why he fired it. Um, But because a lot of articles are coming out and talking about how Meg Thee Stallion is capping and over capping everything, Meg Thee Stallion was forced to come out with the full story around two to three weeks later of like Tory Lanez and actually identifying Tory Lanez that that Tory is the one that ended up shooting her. And I think at this point, like when she was really like talking about, you know, it and the things, it sounds like she has a lot of animosity against Tory. So it looks like Tory did something foul. But at this point, um, because there is all of these different stories out because there seems to be like inconsistencies with Meg Thee Stallion's story. It looks like Tory Lanez is going to actually come out this with somewhat of a career, which is really crazy because he literally basically shot the, you know, the hottest female in the game right now. Like this isn't something you can come back from. Like, like honestly, it really shouldn't be, but it looks like Tory, he's been dead silent the whole time on this issue but you can tell he's looking into seeing which narratives are catching wind which narratives are becoming popular and i don't know if there's any legal cases on it or if there's um um an nda where he can't necessarily say things because he signed up with a lawyer the lawyer's like i won't work with you if you talk or something like that but 
believe when Tory Lanez breaks his silence, you are going to hear a very clear, concise story that even if it's fabricated to make him look in a better light, it will just be enough to give him a way out of this. Now, there's a lot of implications for this this whole Meg Thee Stallion story and, to, and Tory Lanez, besides just the just juicy gossip. An interesting thing that I see is like it's there's almost like an elevation or um, there's almost like an elevated form of our legal system where, you know, before, you know, you're innocent till guilty in the criminal sense, right? Where it's like you're not going to be criminally punished by the law until you're found guilty. But it seems that now society has a way of punishing people um, proportionally to the allegation that's, you know, was alleged on them. They have society found a way to punish people financially if they behave in shady behavior or if they're just a bad person, you know, because being a bad person isn't necessarily a crime, but now you can actually get punished for just being a dick basically. Right. And I think that's, I think that's actually better because I think there's a lot of things in areas that where the law can't necessarily address for where, you know, basically being socially outcasted can, you know, if you're, a boss is terrible if a boss has been, you know, just absolutely terrible to their staff and their workers, or they're having a sort of culture where the people under them are being terrible to their workers, that's getting called out. You can see with Ellen DeGeneres, if you're, you know, the boss is doing, you know, very sexually suggestive things, such as a, you know, Joe Biden, you know, giving all these shoulder rubs and kissing women staff. Well, that's getting called out now. And maybe, you know, that's not a crime what he's doing, but it's being kind of creepy at like 60, 50, 70 years old. So that's getting called out now. And there's punishments to go award that, to go with that, that aren't criminal, but still are enough to correct the behavior. And I think think that's a good thing um, coming forth in society. Another thing that's interesting is just the way that uh, stories play out on social media and Instagram now. You know, a story like this would have easily probably been buried in the past, you know, but with just pressure from Facebook and Instagram and people just commenting and and uh, speculating on what's going on. Every sort of media personality has to come out with their own take on what's going on. It almost forces if you're going to be an artist in the limelight, it forces you to have a certain level of honesty where you can't, where you can over exaggerate some things, but you really have to come out and say, um, say what happened. What's interesting too is that I found is, you know, Meg Thee Stallion didn't go on like Good Morning America. She didn't go on a talk show to really tell what's happening. She did the whole thing through Instagram. Uh, one of her Instagram lives got like a um, hundred thousand people live, and of course, it was reposted so many times. So now it has a million, millions of views total. But we're seeing now and now again that people aren't needing the usual mediums of uh, reaching people, such as interviews and talk shows, to get their message and to get their narrative out. They can literally talk directly to their fans through Instagram lives. I think this is a tremendous 
thing that we're seeing and we're seeing it reflected in the Facebook stock price. Um, when it comes to getting and reaching your fans, a lot of these entertainers have direct access, which was never a thing in the past, ever. Like you would have to go on BT 106 and park to really talk to your people. You need a whole PR team to really get your messages out. But now these artists can talk to their fans directly. I think we're seeing these social media companies get bigger and bigger. And I think it's important as an investor to really understand the cultural changes that's happening, because I think that's directly a reason why we're seeing these tech companies absolutely dominate the market. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That is because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. One other interesting thing about rappers I think is so funny is uh, you ever see those rapper picks that show like, you know, oh, this is Jay-Z when he first started. He had all these chains on. And then, you know, now he's a billionaire. And now he wears like Walmart tees or something like that. You, you ever see those pictures? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but the reason why he can wear Walmart tees now is because he had the gold chains on to market that he was rich even when he wasn't. Because being looking rich is what sells the records. Looking like success is what sells the records. Can we stop like with those pictures on Instagram? I didn't know where to put this in this this little rant I did today, but I wanted to put that out there. Okay, I, I'm, I'm tired of people doodling on people just because they have a bunch of chains and a bunch of watches. It's like literally the best marketing tool for a rapper. Oh, I've made it out the hood. I'm now better than y'all, even though they don't even have like any money to their name they're able to market themselves like they're the richest guy in the world anyways flight crew i gotta fly i'll see you y'all next time